This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes, running one hour later than normally. Hope you're able to listen in. I had uh, some earlier meetings this morning, crazy on a Sunday morning of a holiday weekend, but uh, it's a story of my life. So um, anyway, thanks for joining us here and on uh, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here, live radio call-in show. And live means we want to hear from you, 877-385-8882. Once again, that's 877-385-8882, or an even better way is to join us online by going on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff's tab on PetLifeRadio.com, and you can scroll in and you can see a Google Hangout link left for you, and you can join us. We have actually a guest waiting already. I think she was on before I was, so um, but we'll get to her in just a second. And we're here thanks to our sponsors. We have Save This Life Microchip and Brevecto. And of course, more than a cone, which is Kong Veterinary Products, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. So before I uh, get started, and I want to tell you about a, a crazy, kind of fun week I had, we have Erica from Georgia on the line. And um, Erica, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I should say by Georgia, it's already afternoon. But, uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, for me here in Southern California, in fact, I'll be heading to Georgia in a couple of weeks doing my work with the Zoetis company, talking about Apoquil and the Canine Courage program. I just got back. I was in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. Then this uh, past week, I was in San Antonio, Texas. And my next big stop is Atlanta, Georgia. So what can I do for you? Well, I have two Cavaliers and um, we were out of town last week and got home Friday late. And my son had been taking care of my dog. And one of them I'm going to show you had developed a sore on his neck. That I think may have started with scratching. And I'm not calling to find out if I need to take him to the vet because I think it's pretty clear I do. But it's the weekend. And um, he actually has the vet appointment next Friday for a checkup. I'm gonna, I think maybe I need to try to get him in tomorrow. But I'm trying to find out if there's anything I can be doing to make him more comfortable. In the meantime, it does seem painful. I have some Hydro B1020 here from another thing that I had previously, and I don't know if I should put that on there, or I don't know what I should do. If I should. Can I take a look at it? Yeah, I'm going to try to show it to you. He's not super happy, but I'm going to see if I can. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't this, by the way, everybody, fantastic that we can do this online, that I have Erica calling uh, about 3,000 miles away, and uh, yes, we can answer her question. So that looks like your classic hotspot. Moist eczematous dermatitis, and probably, as you mentioned, it is because of, is, is, what's his name, her name? His name is Nemo. 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 Hi, Nemo. Look at that. Oh, yeah, you're so cute. So Nemo has caused that lesion himself. Now, it probably started with some sort of itch. Could be a million things. Now, what happens is kind of take that classic mosquito bite that we have, that we start scratching it, and then it comes to a point where we start irritating our skin even more than the original bite. We tell ourselves, okay, I, I know I want to scratch this thing, but we got to lay off. Dogs can't do that. So they keep rubbing and scratching and rubbing. And then the more they rub, the more they irritate it. And the more it's irritated, the more they want to rub at it. So before you know it, you have this moist, sticky uh, lesion, and it's driving them nuts. One of the bad things about that one is it's on a spot that even if we were to have you get one of those Elizabethan collars, I think 
it would be sitting right on top of the lesion and he, Nemo would be able to get to it anyway. But uh, it might be something. So what you can do now, and there are a lot of things you can do. Number one, first thing is get some mild soap and water and wash it really well. And then okay. you want to dab dry it. What you don't want to use is alcohol. Alcohol okay. is fantastic for cleaning intact skin, but it's very damaging to open a raw skin. So okay. no alcohol. So first, you want to wash it well, clean it, chlorhexidine, uh, rinse, or physohex, or, or anything with an antibacterial property is going to be just fine. Oxy-5, for example, benzoyl peroxide would be fine. And then you want to definitely put some sort of salve or cream, anything from neosporin to even neosporin with 1% hydrocortisone. They have a little cortisone is fine. And the key is to keep them away from it. What you don't want to do is put anything topically on it and then you go to bed or you leave the house. So when you're going to put something topical on a dog's lesion, you want to do it at a time that they will be distracted, either because of a walk or playtime, because of a meal or because of chilling with you. So Mm -hmm. the worst time to put topical medications on dogs is when you're going to be leaving them to their own devices afterwards, because of course they're going to rub it or lick it right off. So this way it'll stay on. And then, um, I mean, you're surprised if it continues to get really bad, uh, oral or some sort of injectable antibiotic might be indicated. A lot of times I like if, if we can control it conservatively, I'm totally fine with that. The key really is we need to keep him away from it. Now, he's probably using from its location, his back left leg to scratch at it. And if he's doing that, you can get like a little booty or put some socks or something on that back left leg. So he won't be able to irritate or damage it that much. But it's really common. Now, if he gets these a lot, we have to look. Obviously, this is an allergy time of year. So you want to talk to your veterinarian about some sort of good anti-allergy treatments. And as I said, because of it's now secondarily infected, you might want to get some sort of antibiotic orally as well. But you'll be able to do a really good job, at least get you through tomorrow. Of course, your doctor is probably going to be closed on Tuesday for the 4th. But uh, you have to on Friday, but I thought maybe I should try to get him. If, 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 well, see how he does in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, okay. If he's doing better, then you can wait till Friday. If not, get him in sooner. Try to make it earlier. Okay. All right. Thank All you. All right, Erica. Thanks for joining us. Nemo. Bye, Bye Nemo. Be well. Bye. He's so cute. All Thank right. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye. So uh, while uh, we also, I got an email this week from Blake. And um, so basically, Blake was asking questions about ear and home ear treatment because his dog's ears get irritated very frequently. And um, he wanted to know what he could do, anything that he could use at home. And there are a number of really good ear preparations available to clean dog's ears. And the key is when you're cleaning a dog's ears, whether you're using something like witch hazel or Epsom salt liquid, there are things that you can do that are safe, a saline solution. You do not want to use rubbing alcohol for the same reason I just talked to Eric about. And that is that if there is some irritation in the ear, rubbing alcohol on inflamed tissue can be very drying and irritative. It's great for intact skin. It's not good for broken skin. And if you have a, if your dog is having a problem inside the ear, you can't see it. So it's always safer not to use alcohol. Peroxide is doable, but the problem with peroxide is the bubbles drive them nuts when it starts setting up. So I wouldn't do that either. There are many, many, many over-the-counter ear preparations for cleaning. I'd say most pet stores have them. Uh, your veterinarian has an ear cleaning solution. So I would definitely, definitely consider that. Now, as I said, there's some things you can use. People have used some mixtures of some, you know, dilute water. You could dilute peroxide. That's okay. But with hazel would work well. So a vinegar is good too, small, like a dilute. Don't use these things full strength, everybody. But you could dilute some vinegar. That'll help. But the key, 
when you are when you're cleaning your dog's ears remember their, their shape is kind of funny they have a, a long vertical canal that then makes a turn into a short horizontal canal so it's very important that you let the anatomy work for you so put the stuff in and then because of the vertical canal it'll stay down there and you want to massage the ear but you want to make sure you you want to get and have your veterinarian show this or one of the technicians at your veterinary hospital show you how to properly massage the canal because it's cartilaginous you can feel it well but the key is you want to get around it all too often people are just rubbing the skin covering that canal and really not getting to the cartilaginous canal itself so very important to do that and then what I recommend people do is after massaging it well, the liquid solution, the air cleaning solution will suds up well. Then back off for a second. You can even give a, your dog a quick blow into their ear. like a, And what that'll do is that will get them to shake their head. Much of the debris that you will loosen up from the massage and the liquid ear cleaner will fly out of there from when they shake their head. And then the balance you can either get with just your finger on a little piece of cotton or a Q-tip. Now, how is a safe way to use a cotton swab? Most of you really don't understand the anatomy, the, how deep the canals are. But I will tell you this. If you hold the cotton swab, if, for example, my pen here is the cotton swab, be creative, all right, then you want to hold it about an inch from the tip. Now, my two fingers here will stop this swab. Remember, it's a swab, it's not a pen. Going any deeper than that one inch. And you can use it to just really clean off any excess debris get the nooks and the crannies that you can actually see while you're cleaning. And that's the best way to use a, a swab. You do not want to put it all the way down the ear unless you really, really, really know what you're doing, unless you're a technician, unless you're a groomer, unless you really know your pet's ears and you've learned. Now, one thing you could do is you can actually go to your vet at one point, have your vet show you how deep he or she can go. And then that is where you could put your fingers as your stopper, if you will, next time you want to clean your dog's ears. So something that uh, it definitely can be done. So Blake, I want to thank you for sending in the question. Any of you want to get a hold of me? Very easy. Join me here on Sunday mornings at 877-385-882. Do what Erica did and just join us here on the Google Hangouts. And you can also send me an email to drjeff, that's Dr. Jeff, at petliferadio.com. And I will get your mail and we will read your questions. We will answer your questions here on our next show. So I had a really cool week. So on Wednesday, we had, oh, first of all, let's start. Monday, I flew to San Antonio, and I was spent the day in San Antonio. We did two TV spots and four radio spots for the Canine Courage program sponsored by Zoetis. Uh, really, really great program that is providing healthcare assistance to retired military and police dogs and active service dogs, assisting veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress. Also talked about the canine itch, the canine allergy, and Apoquil, which was also a great. So next up, came back on Tuesday night. Wednesday morning, a entire film crew was in my office. They had converted my reception area into a human, a medical urgent care facility for an episode of Ray Donovan. And in the episode... John Voigt, who was in my office, basically had to be brought into an urgent care facility. I'm not going to tell you why, because you have to watch Ray Donovan to find out. But it was very, very funny, very comical. And uh, and my office, I'm telling you, it makes a darn nice urgent care facility. Uh, the front office looked exactly like the waiting room of an urgent care facility. I have a really cool looking office anyway. And I get location scouts come by all the time and want to see the inside. And my hospital has been used for stills for advertising 
for not only vet products, but for diff different things. It's been used for a, a movie. It was now used for uh, this episode of Ray Donovan. So um, it gets hit on quite a bit. Anyway, that was really cool having the entire crew from, well, not the, not the entire crew, but for that scene from Ray Donovan, but all the camera people, everybody was there. It was really cool. Then on Thursday, because these things just go one after another after another. Oh, no, I lied. Friday. On Friday, I worked with Vanderpump Dog Rescue. I'm sure many of you know or have heard of Vanderpump Dogs and Lisa and Ken Vanderpump from their show on, about the restaurant. And also, she is one of the members of the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, they had me come in. They are spearheading an effort to send supplies along with the help of Zoetis to Yulin, China, to help those dogs that have been captured and saved from a very, very sad, sad, disgusting demise by being killed and tortured and skinned alive at the Yulin Meat Festival. Very, very sad. Anyway, so uh, they sent one of their reps over, Dr. Don Sessa, and uh, brought a ton of supplies that were donated by Vanderpump and by Zoetis. And uh, this was obviously because this is a side story of one of the housewives, Lisa Vanderpump. So I came in to deliver the supplies from Zoetis to Lisa and Ken and to John and to uh, Sarah, who runs the Vanderpump Dogs. And uh, we had a whole, you know, I know we were, I don't know how much of the interview, how much of the exchange is going to make it on the show, but we're assuming something will. But uh, that was kind of cool as well. So um I might, you might see me on an episode of Housewives of Beverly Hills. Go figure, right? A veterinarian in Los Angeles. Kidding all this TV stuff. It's fantastic. Anyway, don't go away. It's time for our quick break. We're going to come back. Hopefully entertain any of your questions at 877-385-8882. But we are going to go through some AVMA Smart Brief because there was a lot happening in the news this last week. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. 
when I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Lico Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed him right for life. Do the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. We're here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet, Dr. Jeff. And um, once again, if you want to uh, get in a quick question, talk about anything, now's your chance. 877-385-8882 or join us live here on Google Hangouts. So um, here's some things that caught my eye going through the American Veterinary Medical Association Smart Brief that, you know, I didn't realize it, but back in the 90s, late 90s, there was a vaccine for Lyme disease for people. And we, of course, those of you that live in the Northeast, anywhere where the ixodes tick or any tick really is prevalent, you will have the option to vaccinate your dogs. But why not people? What, what happened? Well, it turns out some of the recipients complained about side effects. So it was taken off the market. It, it had an 80% effective rate. That's amazing, right? And meanwhile, since then, studies have been taken and no one has ever been able to link the vaccine with those side effects, right? They say, and even death, but still people take these drugs all the time. It's very important to evaluate. Here's a good one. I like this one. And not that I'm surprised. So a study out of University of Western Australia that was conducted in Perth is conducted in San Diego, Portland, Oregon, and Nashville, Tennessee, that dog ownership is more likely to spur interactions with members of a community or a city, and it helps bring out this feeling of camaraderie amongst people. And I've said this for years, and here's the perfect example, and I can almost guarantee that every one of you can relate to this. But now this time of year, especially in almost all parts of the country, even parts that aren't that great weather-wise during the winter, like take you know Chicago or Kansas City, but this time of year, the weather is gorgeous. Um, it's warm, maybe sometimes too warm. I just got back from San Antonio where it was like, I don't know, close to 100% humidity. It was crazy. It was 95 degrees and it was humid, humid, humid. But everybody is enjoying the outdoor lifestyle and restaurants have outdoor seating and people are bringing their pets, et cetera. So I've always said this is my example. Let's say you're walking down. For me, it would be Beverly Drive in Beverly Hills. And you walk by a restaurant that, and many, many of them do, that have people able to sit outside. And how often, unless you know them, how often do you stop to talk to somebody who's sitting outside having their meal? And the answer, unless you know them, of course, zero. But if those people are sitting out there with their dog, okay, enjoying their meal, and you walk by and see their dog, now the question, how many of you stop? to talk about or say hi to the dog, talk to the owners about their dog. 
And I say, I would think probably most of us. Isn't that amazing what that dog does? It takes people that would not have said two words to each other, wouldn't know anything about them, and yet have their dog with them and an entire conversation is struck up. And you find out things about people and it's amazing, absolutely amazing to me how powerful, how powerful those animals can be in bringing us together as well. This was also cool. This was a study done on horse breeds. And for any of you equine enthusiasts out there, that this was, they look over at 50 horse breeds and they were able to link the Y chromosome, that's the chromosome that comes from the male, to basically two breeds. And this is hundreds of years ago. All right, it was the Arabian and the Turkoman. Those are the only, not the only, but most of Y chromosomes in horses today originated from uh, just a number of stallions of those two breeds over 100 years ago. So that's pretty amazing. So those are very prolific horses for sure. But uh, just to think that that is how the genes have been passed on, all, not all, most originating from these two stallions, uh, these two horse breeds, each one represented by a number of stallions that many years ago. I think it's pretty cool. Fourth of July, around the corner, two days. You need to do what you can to keep your pets safe. Uh, A lot of options. Number one, you can use the medicine if you have to. I'm not a huge fan, but sometimes you got to do it. You want to keep them safe in a safe room or in a crate if needed. You want to also consider about the calms vest. If those of you who have not, I've had so much positive feedback on this vest, C-A-L-M-Z, you can go online. Unfortunately, it might be too late if you do it, unless you can do it overnight, but it's fantastic. If not for this year, get it now for next year. It's good for any kind of anxiety, whether it's noise phobias, whether it's separation anxiety, fear, thunderstorms, whatever it is, but it's really barking, digging, neighbors next door, construction going on, you name it, it works amazingly well. Food toy distractions. If you have a dog that just goes nuts over a certain toy, let him have that toy and see if you can distract him and give him positive attention, not negative attention. Another thing you can do is play really loud music. As we've learned, there are certain sounds and musical notes that dogs seem to like. And if you can play them loudly enough, that it would drown out the firework noises going on outside, then again, that would be a a great solution to keeping your dogs comfortable during the 4th. Study at the University of Pennsylvania, talk about canine arthritis. We all know it, probably the majority of certainly large breed dogs are going to suffer symptoms of arthritis, as many people do throughout their life, especially as we age. And um, one of the first things, first and foremost, it's talked about all the time. First thing you can do is keep your animals, your dogs lean, just being overweight, just as with people. And when you think about the sad statistic that 75% of overweight dogs belong to owners who themselves can lose a few. So the exercise needed would be great. And um, I think that's what, uh, you know, one of the things we can do. I have a, as we're speaking, I have a, uh, a Google chat question coming out. Here it is. I'm just going to stop to read this. Hi, Dr. Jeff. Just we moved from New York City to Texas. New York City, we don't have thunder and lightning like we do in Texas. My Labrador Lexington, 11 years old. And when the thunder and lightning hits, he goes nuts. And now, of course, I'm sure with 4th of July, it's the same. So one of the things that I'd recommend, if we, if you have time before the thunder and lightning, that the comms vest is fantastic. I would definitely, definitely recommend it. It works. It's very, very, very effective. And it works absolutely wonderfully. The other things you can do is, of course, see your veterinarian about medications. I'm not a big fan, but some of these dogs do well on sedative products like the acepromazines, like the Xanaxes, if it's just really those times. But, you know, my solution, I always prefer 
the non-drug solution and something that's going to be longer acting. So one of the things you can do, and this is great for, for any noise aversion, great for 4th of July, great for thunderstorms, etc. You can go online and download sound effects and you can play fireworks. You can play thunder lightning. And typically what you can do is you start playing it barely audibly. You won't hear it. Trust me, your dog will. Lexington will hear it. So then what happens is when you're playing, call them over to you and just give them lots of treats and, and say, oh my God, you're such a good boy, Lexington. You're great. And that's it. And then every session, maybe do two sessions a week, you're going to play the music a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit louder each session. It'll get to the point where he'll come over to you just for his reward, get the pat on the head, let him come chill with you, etc. But he won't be like jittery and nervous and, and become destructive and trying to break through and uh, every open window or urinating, etc. What we don't want to do is you don't want to reward the bad behavior. So when he is hiding, the biggest thing we do is we see the anxiety. So what do we, we call him over and say, oh, you poor boy, we love you, don't worry, nothing. To and meanwhile, what are you doing? You're reinforcing that behavior. He is now learning, oh my God, if I exhibit this sign of fear, then mom's going to call me over and give me all sorts of treats and hugs. And I love that. So perfect. No, 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 no. What you want to do is reward the non-reaction. So you start low, you start giving him more and more reward. And it can be not necessarily, it doesn't have to be treat, just, just hugs and kisses reward when he doesn't react, when he's not responding to the noise. And then also you can, during the thunderstorms and lightning, you can play music that soothes, seems to soothe them more and more loudly, and that'll take their mind off of it. But it, the whole idea here is to desensitize and counter condition. So you're going to desensitize him to the sounds as being bad and actually counter condition him to enjoy them, to like them, because he now will start associating these sounds with positive reward, and that makes it a whole lot better. So uh, if you have any more questions about that, uh, you can always get a hold of me at drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. Leave me your phone number and I can call you and we can talk a little bit more about it. So uh, back to the arthritis. So obesity, a major predisposing factor, obviously. So you want to get them on uh, rehabilitative exercises and NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. But there's a lot of new stuff going on. Things with joint cartilage replacement, maybe some ligament replacement, certainly uh, PRP, platelet-rich plasma, which I do at my office. Very, very helpful. We've had so much success. Stem cell therapy, also um, very, very successful. So, um, And there's some new treatments that are trying to enhance and increase the blood supply to these diseased joints. So there's a lot going on. We call it translational medicine, and uh, that can help these dogs or any animal suffering from arthritis as well. And this last thing was kind of funny. I shouldn't tell you because maybe it'll be start happening and employers out there are going to get mad at me for mentioning it. However, in the United Kingdom, the insurance companies have been showing that a large percent of workers are using their sick days, their own sick days, to care for their sick pets. And there was a, basically about a third have missed work because of their pets. 23% have uh, around employees have used 23 3% of their allotted sick days. That's about a quarter of their sick days just because their pets were sick. And when it comes to 18 to 24-year-olds, 40% have taken off days to care for their pets compared to respondents over 55 years of age, only 18%. So it kind of tells you about our millennials, what the relationship they're having with their pets, so much so that when their pets are sick, they don't want to leave them alone. So they will take their own sick day to take care of their pets. I think that's great. Anyway, so um, that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining me a little later here from 10 or 1, depending on where you're coming from, instead of my normal 9 a.m. and noon. 
Uh, if you want to reach me, if you have any questions for me, uh, we'd love to see you here online. Like Erica, you'd love, you can send me a note uh, and uh, we can, uh, however we can get to you, we will. Thanks again to our sponsor, Save This Life, Provecto, and More Than a Cone. And um, we will be here seeing you, so having some fun next Sunday. Have a great week, everybody. Have a safe and fun July 4th. And be careful around the barbecues. Remember, we talked about it. Keep your pets safe. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.